0: when cells are in growth they move to a stimulus they move to life and when cells are in protection when they're in fear they move away and death results and you can't have this both at the same time love is growth and health and happiness and fear simply is a closing down and a moving away from health and happiness
1: If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor podcast. Seek the truth with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell.
0: Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And happy new year.
2: Yeah, we are back. We've been gone for three weeks. Well, we did two replays, but we're in 2017. This is our first podcast of 2017. We're at 101. We've finished 100 podcasts. Yes, this so, is
0: podcast 101.
2: 101.
0: Sorry, Angelina, jeans don't do anything.
2: <laughs> today, uh, Today, we're going to talk about how your first thought can save you from sickness and poverty and sadness and early death and possibly even cancer. So by the end of this podcast, you'll know and understand what actually is the controlling force in your physiology and health profile. This
0: is really, um, innovational on our part. We've, uh, we've flirted with this in several, several podcasts in the past, these kinds of ideas. Uh, in fact, we have a couple of other podcasts, number 16 and another one later on that kind of gets into this in greater detail, but boy, we knocked the f- ball over the center field fence with this podcast. This is going
2: to be a great podcast. This is Dr. Bruce Lipton, Ph.D., and what an amazing human being he is, and the thoughts that he has put in our heads that has has helped us learning uh, everything we've studied for this podcast has gotten us so excited again about healing and forbidden healing, most of all. A
0: long-time instructor in medical schools for genetics Mm -hmm. and other forms of or other ideas behind human physiology. He has, uh, as a result of his research, has broken out with some uh, rather outstanding concepts. that so we're going to talk about that.
2: Yes, he actually had to leave the medical school. He resigned. He was a tenured professor, and he resigned because of what he learned. In research. In research, and they would not accept it.
0: It was opposed to what they wanted him to it's teach. It's
2: completely backwards. It was. He's our totally cool kind of guy because yeah. it's all forbidden. Yes. So neat. Another forbidden thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, really quick.
2: We are selling our two products on Amazon now, but Amazon just recently suspend suspended our listing for just the long-life energy enzymes because we were saying forbidden things Uh-oh. in our product uh, description. Don't, don't. Yeah, we didn't say it could cure cancer or anything like that, but we did talk about preventing cancer, and yes. that is forbidden. Yes,
0: they don't like that.
2: So hopefully we'll be back up soon. Hopefully if... we're
0: back up by the time this podcast hits the hopefully general broadcast. This,
2: yeah. So it's risky to be the forbidden doctor.
0: And also, I am on national radio. We've mentioned that a couple of times. Every Tuesday morning, 7 to 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time.
2: On the on Doug, Doug Steffen.
0: Good Day Show. Yeah. In fact, uh, he may be doing his next show from right here where we are. In our house. Recording this podcast. yeah. Uh, possibly. We don't know for sure. Anyway, it's also replayed Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. Mountain Standard Time that can be picked up in the Salt Lake area on KTALK, a.m. 630, the voice of
2: Utah. Four million listeners. Yes. Really exciting. And in case you're new to our podcast in 2017, um, you can join our texting blast to receive weekly coupons and special discounts by just texting the word healthy to 4144. Nope. Didn't I say that right?
0: No. 4141.
2: Oh. 41411. 1. 1. There you go. <laughs> All right. 41411.
0: See, I rarely do I ever get to catch you at something. And when I do, <laughs> it is a big moment for me.
2: So where you would normally put the phone number, put the numbers 41411, and then just type the word healthy where you would normally type a text to someone. Yeah,
0: now just because we had two fantastic sales by the for the, before the end of the year. We'll have some in the future, but there's always weekly specials. So take advantage of them by doing what Mary just said.
2: We have to start our podcast off every week with a disclaimer. This webinar slash podcast is not intended to be a diversion away from the current system of disease management. That's not what we do.
0: It's our intention to offer a rational and very effective approach to aiding your body and its ability to rebuild and heal. So if you're having a real crisis, get to the ER as soon as possible.
2: Okay, this first, this is our weekly feature, Forbidden Secrets They Don't Want You to Know. These are the secret things they keep from you, the dumb things they tell you, and the really important things they know nothing about. Now, this is kind of exciting because this is a guy that's done some incredible... Yeah, waking up a little bit. Yeah, research. I'm really happy with him, and I have no qualms or problems with him whatsoever, this... Uh, doctor David
0: Susskind, who's a gastroenterologist at Seattle Children's Hospital, yeah, he's re- been researching the gut for years. Yeah,
2: I'm really happy with what he's done. But what is is so frustrating here is that they act like they have they are. This is a first of a kind study read by, led by this doctor. Um, it was published, and he was he was showing that diet alone was shown to bring pediatric patients with active Crohn and ulcerative colitis into clinical remission.
0: Yeah, and it's just a nutritionally balanced diet that removes grains, dairy, processed foods, sugars, except for honey, and it promotes natural uh, nutrient-rich foods, some vegetables, some fruit, meat, some nuts, but staying away from the processed foods. <laughs> Where have we heard (laughs) that before?
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and he's promoting this specific carbohydrate diet that Dr. McBride has been promoting, well, she used it on her son. 20 years ago. Oh, at least 20 years ago. And they're acting like this is just a brand new thing. And I'm so happy. This little girl in the picture right here almost died. In fact, if not for this doctor because you're forbidden to know how to fix this. You're forbidden to, to prevent this in you, let alone fix it afterwards without drugs, without or medication, um, the 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 frustrating part about this is the the part where they really the really important things they know nothing about, and yes. this is what they stated in there. In most people, the bacteria in the digestive tract are harmless, although in some cases the microbiome goes awire and causes a person's immune system to attack the bowel. It's still unknown why this happens. Yeah, I mean. You know, if you haven't listened to us before, the last hundred podcasts and almost every one, we talked about the gut and gaps and leaky gut and oh, how yes. to fix it. infinitum. And they're saying it's still unknown how you get leaky gut and Crohn's and IBS and ulcerative colitis. So I just had to bring that up. I'm thrilled for this little girl. See how healthy she is? Oh, yes. A beautiful yep. picture. Got on a great little diet. And so I'm happy about that. But... Just had to throw that in right. for today's. And there's a there's a URL at the bottom if you want to go read about it. It's a great little story.
0: So the universe will deliver.
2: Today's podcast um, is mostly taken from another podcast from Anita Morjani and Dr. Bruce Lipton. They did a podcast. It was originally aired on December 2nd, 2015, called The Universe Will Deliver. And um, Dr. Lipton just loves Anita. Let me give a little background real quickly about Anita. She's the one that had lymphoma, and she completely not died, but she went into a coma.
0: Well, she had stage four
2: stage four, but she went into a coma and was unresponsive. Her organs had shut down. She wasn't urinating. She wasn't cleansing anything out. She wasn't doing anything. And she came back from that coma, and her cancer was gone.
0: Yes. And we'll talk more about that. It was
2: gone. And so Dr. (laughs) Um, Lipton, he wrote this book, The The Biology of Belief, Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, Matter and Miracles. And he says that Anita Morjani is his poster child for the biology of belief
0: what she did is what he writes an entire book about uh, so they go hand in glove yeah
2: she didn't know she did it (laughs) she just did it and she talks about the power that we have and and she says when she was healed from the cancer the oncologist and she said there was a bunch of them kept saying where did the cancer cells go it's impossible for cancer cells to just disappear. Her organs were shut down. Yeah, there's no way they could have disappeared. Yeah,
0: she didn't. People don't come back from stage four lymphoma. No. Where, where the lymph glands have ulcerated through the skin and they're bleeding and weeping all over the body.
2: Yeah. She told them, she told the oncologist that she had a shift in consciousness. Yes. And her body reflected the inner state. Yeah. Now, Hmm. this is power. This is true healing. This brings me to where I've often said, I don't think we're sick at all. I think we're just manifesting that. And she came back and manifested not... Wholeness. Wholeness. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that... So So
0: let's... We're going to be talking about genes. And the thing to do here at first is what medical doctors are programmed to believe.
2: Yeah. Medical doctors... Um, you don't. What were you saying the other day? When you go to school, you don't go to learn. You go to memorize.
0: Yeah, to memorize to learn how to take a test. So about genes. It's, a, it's the same thing. You know, we had genetics in school as well, and we were taught the same thing because we have the same textbooks. Yeah. And that is that genes control the character of life.
2: Yeah. This is what Dr. Lipton said. He taught for yeah, he years. He taught it. I was taught it. You were taught it, but he taught this. So genes control the character of life, such as health and aging. Yeah,
0: you're just stuck with the genes you have. That's too bad. There's no changing them. Genes control us. We don't control the genes. It's called genetic determinism. I mean, it determines the character of your life. You know, it's like drawing tarot cards, you know, and then, and then whatever those tarot cards say, that's what's going to happen to you. That's genetic determinism. And, and actually, in all honesty, this concept completely dehumanizes the individual, and it turns power over to the doctors.
2: And you're a victim to your heredity. Absolutely. Your genes have power over you, and you have no power over your genes. But a lot of people like this. A lot of people, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in the clinic somebody says, Well, you know, my mother had this and my right. father had this. Well, it's inherited. Almost every single time. Yes. Yeah, well, I they've have been programmed into believing this. Yeah. And so was he. Yeah. So, you know, give yourself a break. Right. So if your family had cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, etc., you probably will too.
0: That's, that's what you're <laughs> programmed to believe.
2: That's right. So Dr. Bruce Lipton says this wonderful thing. He says, somewhere we acquired a belief that genes were self-actualizing, that genes made decisions. All of a sudden, the gene would say, oh, it's time for cancer, and then you would end up with cancer. This
0: reminds me, remember the very first uh, Jungle Book that came out, the Disney cart, it was a cartoon version, Mm -hmm. not the latest one, Mm -hmm. and you had the two buzzards that were sitting up there in the tree. (laughs) They were so What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't. (laughs) Like two genes sitting next to one another in a chromosome in the body, and one of them says, well, I think it's time for cancer. (laughs) I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then you end up with cancer. Yeah. That is utterly ridiculous.
2: Well, he blew the window off this. You'll, um...
0: Well, I call it, I refer to it as the time bomb philosophy of health.
2: That's what they... The, yeah, that there's their time, time
0: bombs inside of us. And if you're lucky, you can make it to 99 without a time bomb going off. A child who gets cancer, brain cancer at five and dies from it, too bad the time bomb went off soon utter nonsense that's the programming. that's what people are programmed to believe mm-hmm. it turns people into victims yeah that there are bad genes and and you are the recipient of these bad genes too bad and you can anticipate these bad genes going to act up sooner or later that's the programming
2: i can't do anything about it. it's not my fault do you love this picture oh yes <laughs> is bad breath hereditary yes <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> so we're going to
0: here i'm not responsible for my health
2: No, and people are scared to death of this. You know, my grandfather had um, dementia or Alzheimer's, I guess, really, really bad um, as he got older. He lived quite long, but my mom's been scared of it ever since then. You know, she forgets something and she's like, oh, no, no, it's my genes. Yeah. It's my genes. But (laughs) we're... I'm not responsible for my health is is the great thing that it gives us and if we start thinking that way victimhood begins mm-hmm. and we're not aware that we're creating this belief system that locks us into this kind of thinking and therefore the chemical stage is set for that disease to happen.
0: That's that's really key that's here key. what we're talking about Mary the chemical stage is set for the disease to happen. You know
2: Anita talks about this in her book too um where she says I was bullied as a, as a child, and she was very different. And she says, I set up my cancer back then Wow! when she was bullied. That chemical stage is what we're going to talk about, is, when, is what the brain begins to create in the blood that will affect the genes either to express themselves yes. or remain dormant. Because
0: not all genes are expressed in our creation or the maintenance of our life. In fact, the, um, the number of genes that were used to create and form our body is far less than the actual number of genes that are present.
2: Oh, I didn't know oh, that.
0: We have tens of thousands of genes that make up the human genome, but they, they are not all involved with the production
2: of our body. Is it just extra? Yeah. So I could look like Angelina Jolie someday? You keep, you keep <laughs> working on that, baby. You just keep working on that. So
0: let's start with stem cells. Okay. Because you need to understand what a stem cell is, where it comes from, what it does, and what it makes in us. Uh, to be able to understand how the brain actually controls what's going on. And the the embryonic cells that are part of the embryo, the developing baby, as soon as birth occurs, we refer to them as stem cells. All of our organs are full of stem cells. They're the source of the brand new cells as organs turn over. Every day you lose hundreds of billions of cells, which are replaced by stem cells.
2: Yeah, we talked about this um, In, in in in, in a lot of our cancer with yes. Doctor Beard because yes. he talked a lot about. I think stem- he
0: talked about vagrant cells or something. Yeah, and like Doctor
2: Gonzalez said, you know, the the stem cells go into every organ in the body.
0: And then stem cells multiply rapidly. Mm-hmm. It's not that uh, if you were to have a stem cell harvest right now from bone marrow or something for somebody for some for some other thing, uh, the stem cells are constantly being produced inside the body. It's not that you you have a certain number you're born with and then that's all there is. So. They multiply incredibly fast. They clone fast. themselves. They clone themselves, and that's what replaces the dying cells, the hundreds of billions that are dying every hundreds day. Hundreds of billions every day. Yeah, and so these stem cells divide very rapidly, and they become the particular tissue in which they're found. Stem cells in the heart become the heart. Stem cells in the liver become the liver. And this is triggered by the concepts of something called protomorphology. And I will explain that here Those in a second. Those are
2: local growth factors. Just
0: the local growth factors. Mm-hmm. the smallest, The smallest aspects of our physiology... They're itty bitty tiny little pieces. If you know, little it's like, tissues
2: that are released from the nucleus, right?
0: If you can imagine a cell being like a thousand piece puzzle, or no, a 5,000 piece puzzle.
2: Okay. You
0: imagine how big of a, a, a puzzle that would One of those little tiny pieces would be the growth factor if that entire cell was the 5,000 pieces. That's how small they are. And they trigger the local stem cell in their area inside the borders of that tissue to become that kind of a cell. So growth factors inside the heart cause heart stem cells to become heart cells. It's not that simple, though. There's more to it than that. Yeah, That's what we're, we're going to it. get into.
2: But these growth, the, the growth factors, this they're the smallest piece of our anatomy. Yes. Far smaller than even the pieces that make up the cell. Yes. And they're released... To the stem cells, which stem cells themselves becomes the tissue they, grow, they grew in. Right. <clears throat> okay. So.
0: So like in the heart, you have stem cells constantly being, repl- or growing all the time because they're cloning themselves. Mm-hmm. Those stem cells will become heart cells mm-hmm. because of the local growth factor. Okay. So. So Do- that leads us up to this incredible discovery of Dr. Lipton. Yes, this
2: is so exciting. Dr. Lipton, well, 48 years ago, it was a long time ago, almost 50 years now, Dr. Lipton ran a fascinating experiment that changed the way he viewed genetic tendencies. Not everybody else, but the way he did. Yes. He cloned stem cells, creating cells that are genetically identical. You know that cloning, of course, means genetic; it's identical. And he cloned them in a Petri dish, One and after one week... That single cell divided into 50,000 genetically identical cells. Okay. What do you think? Oh, and then he divided those identical cells into three different Petri dishes. Right. But here's, here's the clincher. He changed the medium culture or the environment in each cell. In each dish. I mean dish. Oh, we gotta start that over. No, that's fine.
0: Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> they just you know, when you grow something in a petri dish, there's a medium in there for it to grow in. Whether you're growing bacteria or something else. Well he made a special medium for these cells to grow in. Like
2: a like a fluid.
0: Yeah, it's a fluid because your body's a fluid. Your body is really a, a water balloon.
2: Mm-hmm. Like We're dry on the
0: outside, but we're extremely wet on the inside. You cut yourself and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Dry doesn't come out. Wet comes out. It's colored red, and it's wet. It's bad down And and so all of the cells in our body are floating around, essentially, in this wetness, this fluid, this blood that just just inundates all the tissues of the body. And that's what he had to create in the medium culture he had to create inside these Petri dishes. So
2: he took 50,000 cells, divided them in threes... Yes. And then put a different environment in each right,
0: a different culture. In but each they're of those.
2: exactly the same cells. They were
0: exactly because they all came from the same mother One. cell. The One mother cell. the cloned mother cell.
2: So guess what? So happens. what happens?
0: So based on the chemical matrix that went into each dish, he ended up growing muscle cells and then bone cells in the second and fat cells in the third. Wow. Now the same thing happens in us, based on How things are broken down in us chemically and local factors, and then you know he used that to trigger the rapid development of those kinds of tissue. Human tissue can be grown outside the human Mm -hmm, body. mm -hmm. They do that with skin all the time for burn victims.
2: I just watched a big video on that. Yeah. Um, So the question is, what controlled the fate of those identical cells? Yes. It was the environment.
0: Right. The thing that triggered all 50,000 identical cells to end up as three different kinds of tissue was the environment in which they were growing. Now, this is another key. you got to remember this. Our cells live in an environment that is completely determined by our blood, mm-hmm. just as those cells did, those stem cells did in those Petri dishes. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about blueprint for a minute. And this, is, this may seem like a rather dramatic statement to make, but genes don't control anything. A gene Same. is just a blueprint. Mm-hmm. A gene tells a cell how to make a protein that that cell needs. Blueprints tell a liver cell how to be a liver cell. They tell a heart cell how to be a heart cell. That's all that they are is a blueprint. There's another energy behind it that actually utilizes that. And it's the same thing as this picture you have here. Would you look over an architect's shoulder and say, well, when does this blueprint turn on and off? People are always talking about um, genes turning on and off. Well, the blueprint doesn't tell anybody what to do. The gene doesn't tell anybody what to do. It's referred to as a contract. The blueprints are just a contract between the architect and the, and the construction people.
2: Yeah, if you put a blueprint <clears throat> out in the ground, would it grow a building?
0: Yeah, just wait for six months yeah. and see if a house shows up. No, yeah. somebody has to take that blueprint to build a house. Something has to take that gene to build the protein. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about that because the thing that is building the system, the thing, chooses the genes it wants to use because you've got more genes than you need. Imagine having to fill a five-man basketball team and there's 25 people standing there. The coach is going to pick the five people he wants even though there's 25. He's not going to use all 25. He's going to use five. Hmm. The thing that makes us is not going to use all the genes. It's going to use the genes it chooses. And which genes does it choose? It depends on the environment those genes are in. That's what we're going to talk about.
2: Well, it chose some pretty good genes for Angelina Jolie. I mean, look at that blueprint.
0: Yeah, but the cells are the living <laughs> entity entity, not Angelina. Yeah. You look at that and what do you see? You see incredible eyes you can get lost in, lips you could kiss for a thousand <laughs> years. Even Car- I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this but she is a community of fifty trillion cells. That we just call Angelina Jolie.
2: So I'm and not Mary. I'm 50. trillion. You're something
0: I refer trillion. to as Mary, but you are a living community of 50 trillion cells all being affected by the environment that those cells are in. And consequently, the genes inside those cells are being affected by the environment that is floating through you, your bloodstream. Your name is just a description. You look in a mirror, and what's looking back at you in a mirror? You, th- Oh, my hair is out of place. Oh, I don't like that tie. Or maybe I need a different color I mascara. don't look like
2: Angelina Jolie. Yeah,
0: well, I'm a loser because I don't look like Angelina <laughs> Jolie. But the fact is you're looking back at a, at a well, it's a skin-covered Petri dish. Yeah,
2: with, just, a, with an uh, environment inside of with it. With an
0: environment inside of it, and that environment affects the function of those cells. Yes. All right. If we can get that out of the way, we can start making some progress here, because well, we, the, we
2: the, want to talk about the culture medium, the, which is the blood.
0: In the body, but in the dish, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. He made that medium to reflect human blood.
2: Mm-hmm. But he did three different mediums. So the culture medium in a petri dish is, you know, just like your blood. They both contain nutrients to keep the stem cells alive and healthy. So in the petri dish, you're in your blood, you got nutrients in there. By changing the immediate environment in the culture medium, Dr. Limpton could change the destiny of that stem cell.
0: By changing the environment, he changed what that stem cell was going to become.
2: Could become an organ, a fat, a bone, muscle. I mean, it was just...
0: Now, your genes do not control the medium. They don't cause anything. Your genes respond to the culture media. See, this is completely backwards this is so from completely what we're backwards, taught. Genes don't cause anything any more than a blueprint builds a house. The genes are the tools by which a body operates, but they don't do the operation. They're just the blueprint.
2: So now here's where it gets kind of interesting because I know you're all thinking, well I gotta keep my blood healthy and I gotta do all this and I and I've got to eat right and, yeah, I and run you and think that's where we're going. We're not we're not
0: What in the body is responsible for making the chemistry of the blood? Well, the brain. The brain is the chemist that adds certain nutrients, hormones, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides, as well as all the whole food vitamins, minerals, fats, proteins. And after all of that, it still has to regulate the level of sugar in the blood. An adjustment of the culture in the blood is made by the brain. The genes don't change your blood. Mm -mm. Your brain changes your blood depending on where the brain is in a moment in time and what it's thinking.
2: And And we're in control of that brain.
0: Yeah, so how does the brain then affect the chemistry of the blood? Well, the mind. The mind. You, the mind. It's inside your brain. Through chemical messengers, you change your blood's chemistry. And this beautiful picture that you have here, sweetie, the picture in the mind is translated into blood chemistry. Whatever you are conceiving in any moment... That is being converted into the chemistry of the blood. Fear, love, anxiety, depression, um, anticipation, excitement, sadness. It makes chemicals. Any one of those things is making neuropeptides, Mm -hmm. neurotransmitters that will affect the quality of the blood that goes to every cell that affects every gene. The
2: gene. And that's how the gene is expressed. Yes. The blood chemistry created by the brain... Go straight to the genes.
0: So, so every time I look at my computer here and then I look back at you, I have this incredible experience. When, because when your eyes are closed and your significant other is suddenly in front of you and you open your eyes, your response is love. And that feeling of love is translated into chemicals, primarily dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter of feeling good and well-being. And this changes the chemistry of the blood and that affects the expression of genes positively. Wow. The, and this is this is and beyond you control that. Refute. You're not
2: a victim to that. No, you control no, you that control this. You control that beautiful picture in your brain. Yeah.
0: And along with the release of dopamine is the release of oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone mm-hmm. to reach out to to put away the separation and connect.. That to hold. Right. And another chemical released when you're in love is vasopressin which makes your partner more attractive. It does. <laughs> like, it does hormonally. Really? Do
2: I, am I starting to look like Angelina? Who's Angelina?
0: <laughs> and it lowers the blood pressure. Oh. And it causes relaxation. Look how cute
2: that couple is right yeah. there. And, and look at the heading on that slide. The brain to the blood, which is the culture medium, yep. to the cells, to the which genes. Which are fed by that
0: culture medium, yeah. good or bad, yes. that will ultimately affect the expression of genes. So one more thing that's released when you're in love is growth hormone. And so when all those chemicals, the dopamine, the vasopressin, oxytocin, growth hormone are put into a Petri dish, this is what he found that was so revolutionary. Stem cells would exhibit rapid growth. So when a person's in love... The release of these chemicals keep you healthy and vibrant and and alive. And you know this. When's the last time you saw somebody really, really in love? You could see the glow. glow. Mm -hmm. You could see the countenance. Mm -hmm. You could see how lightly they walked and danced. It's
2: like a pregnancy glow. Yes, it is. You see that same thing. It's the the pictures in your mind. You're creating this little baby. I had um, a really advanced person one time was telling me this story. I think he's advanced. I don't know. But he had some really insightful thoughts, I think. And his daughter had found out that she was going to have a Down syndrome baby. And he turned to her and he said, oh, you can change that. I mean, if, if Anita can get rid of stage four cancer because she had this change in consciousness that she was magnificent. We're going to get to that. Why couldn't you? Yeah. So then on the other hand, the flip side, by contrast, If you open your eyes and your lover wasn't there but somebody that scared you, your body would go into protection mode. It would back away. And you
0: feel that. You feel the retraction. You feel the moving away. You feel the separation. And the chemistry of the blood is very different when you're coming from fear. Because the chemicals that are released when you're in fear, which are primarily the stress hormones Mm -hmm. coming out of the adrenals and inflammatory agents, and these things suppress the immune system as well as immune-suppressing chemicals, so when these chemicals are added to a Petri dish of stem cells, the stem cells stop growing and they start dying. Dying. They actually take these hormones, these inflammatory agents, prostaglandins and such, and immune suppressing chemicals, and they put, he put them in the dish with the stem cells. They stop growing and started dying.
2: They moved away.
0: Fear kills the chemistry of fear does not promote life.
2: And this is what Anita felt her entire life. She was terrified of cancer, and she tried her entire life to... She had
0: friends who died from cancer, yeah. so she was doing and everything she could to prevent it. And, yeah. We'll get to that. This, this is very important. Okay. So the genes in your body respond to the chemistry of the blood. And that determines their genetic behavior. And the chemistry of the blood is formulated by the brain, which releases those chemicals into the blood that determines the genetic behavior. And that chemistry is determined by the picture in the brain.
2: Now, you look at that girl. What kind of what kind of disease is she going to create with a picture like that? In well, she's
0: going to go back and heal her village with a picture like that in her mind. Oh,
2: that's beautiful, Jack. Yeah. yeah, that's what she looks like she's yeah. doing, meditating out there. Yeah. Putting these beautiful, beautiful pictures in her brain.
0: Yeah. Why are witch doctors very successful
2: in in indigenous
0: tribes at bringing people? (laughs) Well, not to their people
2: they Well, maybe not. They're scary to me.
0: Well, we're going to get to that effect here before too much longer. (laughs) It doesn't
2: matter in my head if they're scary. I don't know that they do so So much So what we're talking
0: about essentially here is epigenetics. And epi just means above. And it's control above the gene. And we're talking above, 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 up to the mind. That your genetic expressions are essentially controlled by the mind. You're not a victim of your genes. You simply are a victim of your thinking. And you're the one that controls your genes. You're not a victim. You are the master of this 550 trillion cells inside this skin-covered Petri dish. Called Jack. Called Jack.
2: You're in charge of that. You are the master. And that picture just shows a beautiful master floating in the sky. I mean, talking about controlling cancer and, uh, you know, I mean, this, this is the power we have. This is the forbidden healing. You're not allowed to know. You're only allowed to know that you can go to a doctor, to a healthcare professional and talk to them. And get drugs. And get drugs.
0: So this next slide, Mary, you made this just a little while ago. This is just excellent. Epigenetics start at the top and move down. The current concept of genetic determinism starts at the bottom and works up.
2: Yeah, genetics means from the bottom psh, up to the brain.
0: Yeah, that the genes control the cells, you, that you, control the blood, that controls the brain, that controls the pictures, you think. Yeah, so you have no... You have no cha- There's no autonomy here. There's no freedom in
2: this. Yeah, no way to fix anything. You're just unlucky or you're lucky, and oh, poor you, you just had some gene express. and
0: But what the latest research and literature tells us is that the picture in the brain definitely affects the the, the quality and the enrichment of the blood, that feeds the cells, that gives determination of the gene at that point as genes are sick or genes are healthy.
2: And that's exactly what Anita Morjani did, and that's why she's the poster child for this. Look at that beautiful picture of that woman up there with her arms. I mean, I've got another picture that's bigger, so we'll we'll get to that in a little while, but it's so beautiful what she's creating there. Yes. Completely open, accepting everything, and what's surrendering,
0: happening, what's happening being, as a result of what is expressed in this picture is she's healing herself.
2: Mm-hmm. Herself, by herself. Yeah,
0: she's healing herself. Unbelievable. Right. <coughs> Let's show this little experiment here.
2: Yeah, the, you can go to this link down here at the bottom, um, and they did this little experiment with thermography where they showed pictures... Well, what they
0: did is you can see there in that first slide, you see the two people that are colorless beside each other. And uh, the word sadness, it it shows up. And so there are something like 5,000 contact points that people would have a little pen and they would touch these models. Uh, with this pen responding to how they felt in their body when they saw the word sadness. And
2: they had 701 participants.
0: Yeah, 701 so, participants. You know, and so the next page, or the next picture, not next page, shows where they were touching on this uh, characterization of, the, of this out, the outline of a human, where they were feeling something when they thought about the word sadness. And then in the third stage, C, is where the computer starts to compile this information and give... Uh, values to all these answers. And, and so in the next, the most dramatic thing is that next picture.
2: Yeah, this shows all the different emotions from anger to envy. And <laughs> look at the um, the depression, man. Yeah, it,
0: and love to the left of it.
2: Yeah, when people beautiful. would think about
0: love, and they didn't just see the word. They would, they would hear stories. They would see some video clips. Oh. They would hear music, things like this that stimulated those particular emotions. Then they would feel inside themselves where something was happening. You know, it's like if you're just you're sitting there in the office or something and the boss walks up to you and and you see the boss walking up to you from across <laughs> the room what happens? Well, you know, if you're
2: not not if I'm the boss, yeah. everybody loves me. <laughs>
0: well, you might get <laughs> butterflies. Oh. So might that's in get, your stomach. See, that's so a depression see. type thing that starts taking place. Yeah. The stress hormones come out contempt. And you start feeling butterflies in your stomach because those chemicals, those stress chemicals being released, are causing an adverse effect on your digestive system. It's
2: actually tightening down. It, yes. It, and so it, it they It closes would mark, down like a stenosis.
0: They would mark these things accordingly as to where they felt things taking mm-hmm. place. And it, just, if, and it just fits right into what we're talking about, especially with this next picture where you, you put this together. You explain this.
2: Well, this is paint by numbers, and we all remember this from our youth. We... We create our life like paint by numbers. And let me explain this. So the picture is broken up into little sections with numbers, and those numbers are associated with the number, the colors on the side. And when you fill in all the sections with the colors, you have a whole Renoir you painted yourself, and there it is. There it is. It's not really a Renoir. <laughs> but it's really pretty. And you, you can think of this as the epigenetics our mind works like paint by numbers, but reversed, okay? You put a picture in your head, and the brain's function is to break it down, break down that picture into numbers, but instead of paint, of course, the number represents things like hormones and emotional chemicals and other things. And those chemicals go to the cell through the blood and adjust the cells to match the picture in your brain.
0: So you, you see this beautiful picture And looking at that picture, especially if you had painted this or Mm -hmm. if you knew somebody that painted this. Be so happy. And as you're just sitting there, you know, looking at the colors and looking at the hue and looking at the lighting and the perspective and, and the way that the landscape is laid out, all the time you're doing that, hormones and neurotransmitters, endorphins, other things are being released that are going into the bloodstream, going into the cells and affecting those genes.
2: And look at, look her. at that picture. Yeah, look at her. Easy peasy. What pictures you hold in your head are converted into chemicals that control the cells to represent the picture. <laughs> Change the picture in your mind and you've changed the chemistry of your blood. And you've changed your genetic behavior. Yes. Easy peasy.
0: Now, let's talk about stress hormones for a moment.
2: Yeah, because this is the opposite. Because
0: fear creates the exact opposite from love. Fear creates a multiplicity of stress hormones that seriously damage the health of the cells. Now, stress hormones are okay, obviously, when you have to run from that Bengal tiger there. Because <laughs> when you're running from the tiger, you don't need to be fighting infections. You don't need to worry about the immune system or anything else. You're running for your life. Uh, digestive stuff uh, closes down. You're rebuilding. All the, paras- the, the rebuilding closes down. Blood is being flushed to the muscles, flushed to the heart, flushed to the brain. So you, can, you
2: stop detoxing.
0: Uh, all that elimination, <laughs> all those things stop.
2: Don't have to go to the bathroom. All the
0: energy runs to getting away, and that's what stress hormones do. They stop normal digestion. They stop restful patterns. They stop rebuilding. They stop repairing. And they fill you with fear and running for your life, even though you may be sitting in a job you don't like. Those stress hormones have the same effect because continued stress hormones suppress the immune system that's why living in fear is so often the beginning of disease as you talked about with anita being fearful as a child and that's where her cancer started
2: yeah and if you think about the paleo man, i mean you know of ancient man they had to run from these tigers but they didn't have the massive stress that we had in our li- have in our lives All the time. They didn't
0: have to worry about their next Facebook entry. And they didn't have to worry about somebody saying something about them in Facebook that they didn't like that made them cry. And when that happens, those stress hormones flush through the body and it damages cells.
2: Like when we got kicked off Amazon last a couple days oh ago. Oh, yes. I had I, to
0: do CPR I, on you.
2: I could feel the stress in my heart, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm doing a podcast on this. I'm going to create beautiful cells and healing the world with our long-life energy enzymes.
0: Well, to illustrate just how powerful stress hormones are, they give stress hormones to patients that have had a plant transplant plant to keep their immune system from attacking the organ because stress hormones downregulate the immune system. They don't just give you uh, you know, the uh, the anti, um, oh, what's, for Pete's sake, what's the name of it? Uh, drugs like, um, now I can't even remember the, the drug. <laughs> Take a now.
2: breath. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about antibiotics.
0: No, 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 I'm talking about the drugs that stop your, your immune system from attacking the transplanted organ. I mean, <laughs> those for drugs. For
2: Pete's sake, it's right there <laughs> on the tip of my tongue.
0: But while those drugs are taking effect, to stop your immune system from attacking the liver you just got from somebody else. They, in the meantime, give you these stress hormones. They actually, adrenal-based stress hormones are pumped into you to stop your immune system from attacking that liver you just got. And you
2: know when you get an organ from somebody, those stem cells are in there. And you know how they say you can get memories? You're getting their pictures.
0: That's a good point.
2: You get their beautiful pictures or their horrible pictures. We've all seen those movies. Uh, What's the one that we like so well? We're not doing too
0: good, well, remembering anything here, Mary. We should have taken our RNA before we did the
2: podcast. I just can't. We see so many movies. But you know the one where she gets the no, her his wife dies and gives her heart away. And she's a beautiful, wonderful woman. And the person that gets it just has all these loving feelings, and he got all the pictures in her brain. Isn't oh, wasn't that? Wasn't that with
0: Kevin Costner? No, no, no. John I, Cusack?
2: No, no, no. Ooh, but I like him. Oh but, well, all right, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go on. Let's go okay, on here. so here's another. Here's <clears throat> the same beautiful picture. I'm trying to kind of pound it into your heads. I should have one of a man too, but if you if you are sick, you can change the picture. To wholeness.
0: Yeah, because when the body can no longer support healthy cells, when you have been under stress
1: mm-hmm.
0: year after year after year, cancer sp- finally springs out because the the body can no longer support health
2: inside the system. Yeah, change the picture in your head and you change your entire health profile. Uh, and, and we don't say this lightly. I know it sounds like woo 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 stuff, but Anita morjani actually did it. That's why. And, d-
0: as other people have done it.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute too. So, so you do this, you have a new picture of life and a new understanding. So remember, change the picture in your mind as to how life works for you, and then you change the chemistry of your blood. So
0: how fast can this happen? Well, Dr. Lipton talked about a study that showed when people go into an eight-hour meditation, it changes the chemistry of the blood. You can change your genetic activity in just eight hours by changing the picture in your mind. Now, we want to talk about what this picture is.
2: There's a study that Dr. Dean Ornish did, um, a prostate cancer study, and he had several patients broken into two groups, and he tested their gene activity. I don't know how they do that, but that's what he did. There's ways to do that. Okay. And the group one followed complete medical modality for the prostate cancer. Group number two did no medication whatsoever. They were introduced to meditation, diet changes, stress reduction techniques, change of lifestyle, and the way they perceived life. 90 days later, they tested their genes again. The first group had the same genetic pattern they had when they started. The second group, 500 genes changed their functioning, and most of them involved the prostate gl- or genes.
0: Yeah, they changed their genetics simply by how they were living. And they moved out of stress, and they moved into harmony with their life, and they reversed the expression of the genes that were aiding and abetting the prostatic cancer growth.
2: Now, we're not saying to not take medications. Oh, we're goodness. not saying no, no. to not follow your doctor's orders, well, recommendations. We're not saying any of that because <clears throat> that may be st- the the lifting, the light, the, the the joyful thing in your life to do that. Yeah. Y- you have to decide that. And um, this Dr. Dean Ornish um, has a nice little quote there. You can um, he, he says, instead of trying to motivate patients with the fear of dying, Dr. Ornish reframes the issue. He inspires a new vision of the joy of living, convincing them they can feel better, not just live longer. Yeah, It's, yeah, it's not a, about living long. It's about living well. You got another story. And real quick story. When I was talking to Amazon bawling on the phone, <laughs> well, almost bawling, um, having my little heart attack with my belief systems, um, he was telling me, he was so positive, had a wonderful support person helping me at Amazon, and he said his dad had colon cancer, and they put a colostomy bag in, and a year later he had the colostomy bag removed and announced to everybody, he, he, the father told everybody, his friends and family and everybody, that he didn't have cancer. And sure enough, when they got in there, there was absolutely no cancer and And he also told a story about himself. He um, was a rugby player, and he broke almost every bone. He broke his legs, he broke his ribs, he broke his nose. And he was walking around with a cane. He was twenty two years old. Well, when I'm talking to him, he's twenty two, so he's pretty young. And he just decided he wasn't going to be like that. So he got really positive and said, "I'm just not going to live my life like this." And he says, one day I decided I'm not walking with a cane and he just stopped and he started swimming and he was young and all of that too. So that helped, but it was a great little positive story. I just had to bring that up.
0: So if you're afraid of getting one of your family diseases, you are creating the environment to get one of those diseases. If you're afraid of getting cancer or some other terrible affliction, the longer you think about it, the longer you agonize over it, the longer you are afraid of it. The more you're creating, it's possibility. Even if you don't take, if you don't have a cancer gene,
2: or that cancer gene, or Your that family's particular cancer. cancer gene, yes,
0: because you, the stress from what I just described suppresses the immune response. It strangles the cells. It reduces oxygen and nutrition to these cells. And when they've been sick long enough, cancer springs out.
2: Yeah, but. You don't live in a vacuum. You can't just not think of these things. So you have to create. That's why I put this beautiful picture here of this woman creating life. You don't live in a vacuum, so create some other picture in your head.
0: And so what does this boil down to? Less than 10% of cancer has any genetic linkage. That is what the research, that is what the literature is saying. That should make
2: you feel better right there.
0: Yeah, less than 10% of cancer has genetic linkage. Well, that's not possible because my uncle had cancer, my grandfather had (laughs) cancer, two of my cousins had cancer. I'm a sitting duck. No, no, no. That's the next one. 90% of cancers are not based on genetics. It's based on your life.
2: How you it's live based your life. on you
0: thinking you're going to get cancer because all these other people did. 50% of people that have a gene for a particular kind of cancer don't get that cancer. And here's
2: my favorite. 50% of women that have the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene don't get breast cancer. And that's in the research and,
0: and the literature. Yeah,
2: and I don't have the BRCA1. I got t- my genes tested, and I don't have either one of those genes like Angelina Jolie has. And We're gonna um, get to her. I'm sure, well, I don't know if... Well, thinking this way, I probably would have had breast cancer. But
0: well, here's why. It's because what the media does to us. How how often do you hear this? One in 3 people will get cancer before they <laughs> hit 70. One in 3 people are going to get diabetes in the next 10 years. Yeah. So get your life insurance, get on drugs, get your genes tested, get your flu shot, become part of our cancer awareness campaigns. Race for the Cure with the Susan G. Komen Foundation.
2: Well, they they tell us illness happens to us.
0: Which is a great business model.
2: Yeah, because they take us completely out of it. Oh, so yeah. we're not even thinking we can help ourselves. Yeah, So they did this study with um, adopted children, um, that children that were adopted by a family that has a history of cancer. In some cases, that adopted child will develop the same cancer as the other family members that actually have the genes. So the adopted child will get the cancer that the family has without having the cancer gene yeah, the adop- or any genetic similarity at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> what could possibly cause the same cancer in the, the adopted child with totally different genes than the rest of his siblings and adopted parents?
2: Could it, could it be the child develops early on the cancer idea and the mental picture yeah. for that cancer?
0: And so as to how that child develops in that home, talking about cancer all the time,
2: hmm well, the, look at that. The, we have it. They have a childhood cancer awareness day now. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so I this mean, is what the media is doing.
2: Yeah, backwards, completely backwards from the Forbidden Doctor, from what we talk about.
0: Now, uh, uh, Anita talks about the Okinawa diet because they have the lowest incidences of cancer in the world.
2: She di- She followed this diet perfectly, but she still got cancer. But what Anita didn't know, the reason they lived the longest and had the lowest cancers is because their lifestyle is full of love and nurturing and bonding and tending to their families. And they have lack of fear. And diet was actually a very small part Right. Of the, I- the ironic thing
0: about all this is the very fact that you're focused on preventing cancer is what is causing the
2: cancer. Yeah. The picture in your mind is what's translated into the chemistry of the body.
0: Yeah, let's don't get away from that. That's what we started this podcast over, is talking about the picture in your mind, what you're thinking about, what you are feeling love for or stress over. These kinds of things. Love or fear. Love or fear are what is fueling the chemistry inside the blood. And that chemistry is nourishing growth or it's promoting death. And it comes back to the picture in your mind.
2: Anita she, had the most perfect right. diet, but the driving force behind it was her fear of getting cancer and also the, the fear of not being accepted and loved, and she talks about that a lot in her book. But
0: So let's do a little test.
2: <laughs> Are you ready?
0: Don't think about a pink elephant. <laughs> oh, there it
2: is. Uh, don't think about the Pillsbury Doughboy.
0: <laughs> don't be preoccupied with cancer and disease. You're being told this stuff all the time, but how can you not? Because it's there in your head.
2: Well, that's where you have to occupy and fill your mind with creating what you love. Okay? Children don't think of illness. At least I didn't when I was little. I was too busy doing everything oh. else. And I didn't have it we in my head. We not have time and, to be sick. Well, I didn't have it in my head because everybody wasn't sick. Like they are now. Everybody's sick. You see these little kids, these little bald heads everywhere. I was going to put a picture of a little bald-headed kid with cancer on here, and I just couldn't do it.
0: I'm glad you did I
2: couldn't. I put these beautiful, happy children on and the here. the number
0: one cause of death in children, I think, age 8 to 15 now, is cancer.
2: Yeah, it's in their heads. That picture is everywhere. I want pictures like this everywhere of children.
0: The environment of the mother's gut, the quality of the food offered, the emotional aspects of the family— the interruption of the body's natural cleansing and rebuilding with antibiotics and vaccinations literally can create cancer in the children because the fear that possesses us when we find our children have cancer is passed on to them, and then our stress becomes their problem.
2: In other words, we change our genes. Our genes don't change us. Yes. Okay. So forbidden information, the forbidden information, is don't focus on... On health, focus on love, and nurturing. Yeah. Don't, you know... uh, Some of the sickest people uh, I know are those that are constantly trying
0: to... Yes. The people who... I'm on this diet. Or the triathletes, or the people who've got to ride 50 miles a a, a week, or run 30 miles a week. Or
2: the angry vegans.
0: (laughs) They come in, and they're... Because they're They're full of neuroses. (laughs) Their x-rays look terrible. Their skin is terrible, but they're thin.
2: Yeah, that's important. And because that's important. they're
0: thin, they must be healthy.
2: Yeah, that's...
0: But every other marker of health is, is absent.
2: So the more we believe that we need to focus on our health to stay healthy, the more we're actually communicating to our minds, I am not capable of staying healthy unless I work at it.
0: What kind of stress must that create inside
2: And i got to work hard at it. Oh, yeah. I'm such a slacker. Yeah,
0: this is the forbidden information. You're not allowed to learn. You're taught to
2: fear disease. Well, you can't... You know, the forbidden information is to become the creator you were born to be. You, but you can't, creole, you can't control creators. So that's why the establishment, the powers that be, do not want us creators. They want us to follow the rules. Do not create, because I I, I can't control you if you do that. Don't think, just obey. So here's the crux of everything. Right. It's
0: the first thought that's hurting you. It's not how hard you're working at it. It's the first thought. The first thought that you're not complete unless you're riding your bike 50 miles a week. And then the problem isn't that you're working so hard to get 50 miles. It's that first thought that you're not okay. Unless you're riding 50 miles Yeah, elite. I
2: only did 49 this week, so pfft, I'm a failure. So what's your first thought? What's your first picture? Failure? Illness in the future? Sickness? Or your first thought that life is hard? Or the big one, I'm worthless? That was a big one for Anita.
0: Or I need to be invisible.
2: Ooh.
0: So how does somebody make themselves invisible? They don't take care of themselves.
2: They, they don't s- stand out. They start to die because they, start- they don't want to be there. Okay Sometimes those that are trying the hardest are those that believe they're the most susceptible. And, and it's sad because their effort is it, it's trying to counterbalance their original belief or picture or thought yes. in their head. So
0: let's get back to Angelina.
2: Well, she represents a public figure that's recognized all over the world. She had a mastectomy. We all know about this. I mean, I guess everybody knows about this. Her beautiful breasts, she just cut them off and had her ovaries removed also because she has the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. And her mother died of breast cancer very young.
0: So normally, not normally, understandably. 50% understandably, she was raised with a fear of cancer.
2: 50% of people with the gene.
0: (laughs) And as soon as she did this all over the world, there was this massive rush of women to get tested for the BRCA genes, and they had mastectomies out of fear. But 50% of the women that have BRCA genes do not get
2: cancer. Because genes in and of themselves might be correlated with the cancer, but they did not cause it. No, the gene just sitting there. is just sitting there. Just
0: like the blueprint is still sitting out there in the field in waiting the field. for somebody to come and build a house. <laughs> so the first belief in the mind is what is creating the chemistry that will in time allow the gene to express itself. And conversely, a different chemistry can keep the gene from expressing itself.
2: Yeah. Angelina said she had the mastectomy out of love for her children. That was the big thing. She said, I want to be around for her children. And
0: everybody said, oh, oh wow,
2: what yeah. a sacrifice. Where, I'm going to go take my breasts off for, for my children. For my children. Yeah. But the first thought was well, fear, yeah. not love. That love was based on fear. Yes. Fear can create the chemistry that can create a cancer. Even though the thoughts of love for the children prompted her to go into a protection mode, Yeah.
0: the first thought was fear-based. The
2: first thought, that's what... We were going to name this podcast was the first thought, but we figured nobody would get it. <laughs> but that's it. That was the first thought was fear. And then since having her ovaries remove, removed, she's gotten even skinnier, if that's possible. Have you seen how skinny the she latest, is? The latest picture. She yeah. looks like uh, some kind looks of... terrible. Yeah. And her marriage imploded. And ovaries... Ovaries keep you sane. <laughs> I, You know, as soon as she got her ovaries taken out and those beautiful hormones... You know, her body will compensate, and I'm sure she's doing some hom- hormone replacement. Oh, yeah, she's taking drugs for it. But you, it's never as good as the minuscule amounts of hormones your body creates every second of the day. And her marriage imploded after that.
0: So what's the driving force here?
2: I mean, who would leave Brad Pitt? I mean, <laughs> you've got to be great.
0: <laughs> what is driving you? I mean, it's not what you're trying to do or accomplish. It's the first thought that drove you to do what you're doing. <clears throat>
2: Excuse yeah. me. For many of us, it was an unconscious thought that first got us on the pathway. And that what was is the so first critical. Thought?
0: What was that first thought that compels us to be on this mission? What is the first thought is, that is driving you, forcing you to behave the way that you're doing? Is it coming from love or is it coming from fear? There's only two. And it's, There's only two forces here.
2: Yeah, And one brings life and the other brings death. Okay. The
0: dynamic of what you're doing to take care of the problem hides the first thought that causes the problem. Oh, that's so good. What kind of dynamic in Angelina Jolie was necessary for, for a double mastectomy and both ovaries?
2: Yeah, massive fear. But she hides it with the words, I did this out of love for my children.
0: So I don't know that her experience with cancer is necessarily over with.
2: Yeah, I hope not. I'm going to create a picture in my mind, and in the universal oneness that we all have, maybe it will stop her from getting any other cancers.
0: Well, we can only hope. You
2: know, we, maybe, maybe she'll feel safe enough now that she'll create a different picture in her mind, and she won't get any know, cancers. perhaps so.
0: Yeah. Well, we're drawn to love, and we are repelled by fear. By that, our 50 trillion cells in our body are drawn to love. But those 50 trillion cells are repelled by fear.
2: Yeah, when Dr. Lipton introduced toxins into a Petri dish with the stem cells, they moved they to the opposite. They migrated
0: to the other side of the dish. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, remember when we talk about that study we did with brain tubulars?
0: The, the tubulin protein that, that
2: was that creates growing. creates
0: the axon in the brain cell when it comes close to mercury. Either breaks to pieces or it withdraws. It It dies. That's that's
2: what the video showed. They introduced mercury on the other side of the petri dish. It didn't even touch the brain tissue and it shrunk and died.
0: And there is no flu shot without mercury.
2: No, there is not. So when So So
0: so, so I'm sorry, but when he introduced nutrients into the Petri dish with the stem cells. Then they move closer to the nutrients. Yum, yum,
2: yum, yum, yum. Yes. I'm in love. I'm in love.
0: So when cells are in growth, they move to a stimulus. They move to life. And when cells are in protect, protection, when they're in fear, they move away and death results. And you can't have this both at the same time. Love is growth and health and happiness. And fear simply is a closing down and a moving away from health and happiness. And again, Anita is the perfect poster child of this. So there's something called a nocebo. And um, when we're in fear and stress, our immune system shuts down. Part of the stress hormones literally inhibit immune activity. They slow down and stop, which is why people who are very stressful usually are the ones who are most susceptible to colds and flu and other kinds of sicknesses. Now, the nocebo effect is the opposite of the placebo effect. And there are so many studies where people got nothing but a sugar pill. And in some cases, the placebo effect was as high as 30% or even more Mm -hmm. in um, positive outcome of the study when all they got was a sugar pill. But thinking in their mind that they had received a miracle drug was enough to change the chemistry of their body to change the health of the whole system.
2: But what about a nocebo? When you don't have cancer and somebody, some especially somebody in authority says, you have cancer. Yeah.
0: They have a white coat, a stethoscope. That's they the got nocebo. Some pictures. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to start immediately with chemo, followed up by radiation, surgery if necessary. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to take care of you. How are you going to respond to that? You know, once you receive a diagnosis of ca- cancer, most people believe it. The doctor says you have cancer. Most people sit there, oh, my gosh, I have cancer. You put a name on your suffering. I have cancer. And your healing can often stop or be inhibited when the mental suffering begins. And when you need your immune system more than ever, it's shutting down because of the stress hormones released from the adrenals because somebody just did the nocebo effect on you.
2: You know, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I've said it before, so what, la-di-da. I've had one mammogram. Back when I was 36 years old? Yeah. And that's where they found all the breast lumps that I've talked about in their very first podcast. And I've never had another one. And thank goodness, because it probably would have scared me to death. Well, there's also
0: research that shows the X-ray of the mammogram can cause breast cancer.
2: Well, it's the picture.
0: <laughs> so... The moment you change your perception is the moment you rewrite the chemistry of your body, according to Dr. Lipton. The moment you change your perception, the moment that, aha, finally hits you between the running lights, your health profile will change for the better.
2: You know, Anita talks about the power. She said, if you knew the power we have in our lives, I I meant to get this quote before we started the podcast and I forgot Because I, I've, I've seen that power in my life, the things that I've created, that I've had like this one track mind, like I don't even allow anything else into my head when I'm creating something. And I can only see this beautifulness that I'm creating. And when, when I heard about Anita and how she changed her life in an instant, basically, because she changed her conscious perception, of who she was. She didn't come back with the cure for cancer from no. the other side. She came back with the story that she is magnificent.
0: She tasted the magnificence. The oneness. The, the magnif- oneness the that power. exists on the other side of death.
2: The power we have. Yes. And again, I want to reiterate, I'm not telling you to not do mammograms, and I'm not telling you to follow your doctor's orders. I'm telling you to tap into this power yeah. in addition or whatever. As Dr. Lipton says, think beyond your dreams. Your genes. I mean your genes. (laughs) And look to your dreams. Yeah, think beyond your genes and look to your dreams. I added that part on the Some of
0: you remind me, and I speak of this as patients I know, that are like a a, a prisoner of 200 years ago in some dark cell somewhere, chained to the wall. You're thinking about your genetic um, disposition, your genetic... uh, prisonerhood, victimhood.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Break those chains. Look to your dreams. Come up
2: out of that prison. Yeah, you can't just stop thinking about the pink elephant or about the, the cancer that you might get in your life or, you know, the illnesses that your whole family has. You have to think of your dreams and look to your dreams. You have to replace that... Fear with love. Well, that brings and the us, love of yourself, the love of what you
0: love to do. That brings us to more creation here, because the anecdotal stories are legion about how people who were given a terminal diagnosis of cancer or some other disease, and then were given 6 to 12 months to live, finally just you know, decided to quit their job, and they'd move to the mountains or like, move to the ocean Like shore. Joseph
2: Antel? He like quit Joseph his job. Joseph did
0: quit his job for two years. We
2: talked about that in a cancer podcast. A,
0: or they reconnect with separated family members, or, mm. or they just had a decrease in their stress levels in life, would find out within two to three months their cancer was in remission with no medical modalities. They went ahead and said, well... That's I, power. You know, it's, it, it, it's just like if you, if you found out, if, if for whatever reason you found out you were going to die in 60 days, for whatever reason, but you're still a free person, would you show up at work tomorrow? <laughs> you know, you probably would would go find the people you hurt and apologize. Well, you would organize you would things. F- you would
2: take care <clears throat> of things. You would you would create this massive closure and and the power you would have behind that. But you're right. You would go You'd start
0: painting that picture you always wanted to paint. Yeah. You'd go see that person you always wanted to go see, and by sixty days later, the cancer would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> That happens so many times. So we would like to suggest this answer.
2: The forbidden answer.
0: <clears throat> the massive reduction of stress in, <clears throat> in their life, the people in these stories, stopped the suppression of their immune response. And within a few weeks to a few months, their immune systems conquered the cancer because the negative aspects of the environment in which their genes were living, mm-hmm. the blood, created by a negative-thinking, fear-bound mind, turned over to love and acceptance and beauty and nurturing and creation and completely changed the environment
2: of those cells. The cancer disappeared. Do you remember the first question the oncologist asked Doc, um, Joseph Antel when he went Are to him? Are you afraid f- of cancer? Yeah. yeah. When he went to him for his lymphoma he had. And you you've got to go... I don't know what podcast based, it is but it He
0: says based on your answer. Yeah. I'll tell you what your treatment's going to be. It's going to it's going to go one of two different directions.
2: Yeah, and Joseph Antel did this naturally. I mean, he just knew he needed to get the stress out of his life.
0: Number 95. Uh, podcast 95, a survivor's story of incurable cancer. Yeah, that's Joseph Antel.
2: Yeah, that's that's an amazing one and he delineated in so many words how he think he brought the cancer on. Yeah. Even though he was doing all this health stuff, he'd worked for Standard Process, I think it's now 40 years, Yeah. the underlying fear, and he just moved it away. He
0: went to two oncologists before he got to the third one. The mm-hmm. first two are the same. We're going to start with chemo, then we'll do some radi- radiation, and then we'll then we'll you know maybe have to do some surgery. And you're
2: going to do exactly what I tell and you, you to do, do.
0: Exactly what I tell you to do, and you're going to stop doing this, 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 you're going to stop taking this, this, and this, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. And the third one just said, are you afraid of cancer? Based uh, on your answer, I'll tell you what path we're going to follow.
2: And he knew he'd found his oncologist. He knew he found the right And doctor. that oncologist told him in 10 years they would not be using chemo anymore. Yeah. It only works on about four different cancers yeah, anyway. It's, it's, yeah. With force. And, and, you know, force works for a time. It just doesn't heal. This is the healing, the ultimate cure, the ultimate heal. healing is permanent when you change your mind. And I love this picture here with this man standing on top of, I say, you know, I don't know, maybe Timpanogos or (laughs) I don't know what mountain that looks like, but the whole universe is in front of him.
0: Yeah. It's just a beautiful... No limit to the possibilities he's facing. None. Because if he turns around and looks backwards, he's going to see cancer. He turns (laughs) around and looks
2: forward, he's going to see unlimited possibilities. The universe. You could meditate with that picture for a long time.
0: Yes. And now and now we're not dissing good diets. And we're no, not no. dissing exercise. And we're not any of these things. I mean the reason For we choose to eat good foods is because we want to nurture and feed our body, but not because we're trying to avoid cancer because there comes that first thought again. Mm-hmm. Why are you eating like this? Because I don't want to get cancer. <laughs> well, you know, you're headed down
2: the wrong road. Yeah. Well, that's what Anita did. <laughs> she ate better than anybody on earth, she said. though, In her book, she talks about how she went to India with some guru guy over there because, you know, her whole family's from India. And he convinced her she didn't have cancer. And she had no manifestations of cancer. I think she was there six months, Yeah, if I remember right. And came back, and she was like, I don't have cancer. And then everybody started saying, but Anita, you, but you do. do. Didn't you see your test results? Yeah, you did. You do have
0: cancer. You have, a, you have a written report from the hospital here that says you have cancer. And she got... The first thought changed back to it cancer. changed
2: back to cancer. But I guess this, this stuck when she died yeah. and came back. <laughs> yeah. The other thing if we talked about ad nauseum is to eat what you crave. And who doesn't want to eat what they crave? I mean, how hard is that?
0: I'm thinking of ice cream. No, 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 no. no.
2: And you know I'm not. No, I know that. that.
0: We're not talking about sugar. We're not talking about processed carbs, but everything
2: else. Here's how you do that. Eat what you crave. You get in your head a picture of health that you want, and then you get the abnormal cravings out of your life by doing the GAPS diet, which is extremely foundational. It gets your gut healthy so you can absorb nutrition and excrete toxins and rebuild your body. Now, isn't that a positive thing to think of. Oh, yes. So you get that. You get the the um, addictions out of your life. Right.
0: And why are you doing this? Because you want to nurture and feed
2: the body. Yes. Not because yeah. you're trying to avoid cancer, because right. there comes that first thought again. That's right. You do this because you love, not fear. You love. And so you take care of your body. You take care of your gut. You take care of foundational things. And then you get to eat what you crave. Now, how hard is that to eat cream and butter and pork chops and bacon and oh we had salmon and sushi and I mean we we have eaten like kings over the you made salmon two or three times. And we had, we had tenderloin. With a, with, a, with
0: a cream sauce. With a cream sauce uh, with butter and garlic and dill. And
2: cream. Literal and heavy literal cream. Cre- heavy cream. And, <laughs> and just, tenderloin. See, my mouth watering.
0: And our 17-year-old son just sat there and stuffed his face with it.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, we crave that stuff. Mostly meat, eggs, fish, and dairy, and spices. When we get the abnormal cravings out of our life. So this is the forbidden creation. The other thing is the emotional aspect. And if you listen to Podcast 16, the 5-Minute Forgiveness Cure You can change your first thought that you are a bad person when in reality you are magnificent. So that's a really good podcast to go back and listen to. We had one patient that listened to it 11 times.
0: He's a 19-year-old. He listened to it 15 times. 15
2: times, yeah.
0: So let's summarize. Okay. The genes in your body respond to the chemistry of the blood. They're not time bombs. They're not sitting there because they don't have anything better to do, so they just suddenly start reacting they respond to the chemistry of the blood. That determines how they behave. Now, the chemistry of your blood is formulated by the brain, which releases chemicals into the blood, releases that chemistry into the blood. And the chemistry is determined by the picture in your brain. Which you
2: get to control.
0: You get to control. Remember the, remember the uh, meditation stuff we talked at the beginning. How do you start to change that first thought? You're going to have to get away by yourself somewhere, quiet. You're you're the most beautiful music that's ever inspired you playing lightly in your ears as you sit there and start to investigate these things in your mind.
2: And in eight hours, you can change 500 gene expressions. Right. Yeah. So, So that beautiful picture I put on this, this is the last slide. I put this beautiful picture on. I wish we had some beautiful music we could bring up with it, but we didn't get any. But just... You can take that picture, any picture you want, and create love and beauty, and let's rip a hole in this universe and bring back love instead of fear.
0: Yes. All right. Now, after all that good stuff. I know. (laughs) The statements made in this webinar about specific products have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided or any information contained on or in any product label or packaging for this webinar is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for advice from a physician or any other healthcare professional.
2: Oh, <laughs> that is our official disclaimer. Keep us safe. And there's our contact information. Please contact us. You can even text us. We've got a beautiful texting number there that we respond to you know, five days a week during business hours. And we have a phone number, and email, and we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear your troubles, hear your beautiful thoughts, and let's go out there and change the world. Okay. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. If you are curious about long life energy enzymes or ageless thyroid, you can purchase them without a membership from our website at ForbiddenDoctor.com or from Amazon by searching the full term, Long Life Energy Enzymes. Don't forget to take our obligation-free symptom survey to get a free personalized supplement protocol recommended for you by Dr. Jack, Mary, or one of our qualified nutritionists. Take the survey, get a call from our nutritionist to create a protocol and a patient login, then use that login to see your own personal protocol along with any favorites you've saved from our symptom library. Remember, our website and our clinic are here for you always.